Hello, thanks for clicking on our podcast today. I'm Brian, and thanks for giving us a listen. I'm the senior minister at Harmony Christian Church, and I hope today that as you listen to this podcast, it's a source of encouragement and help to you, and maybe to your family uh, in your life. So thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to harmonychurch.tv and uh, read more about us. If you'd like to give a donation, you can go there to harmonychurch.tv and do that as well. Uh, give us a listen and let us know how we're doing. Uh, thanks, and uh, Maybe see you on a Sunday soon. I've spent the majority of my adulthood talking, speaking. So normally it's kind of rare for me to not be able to talk about something or not have something to say. Usually I've got some time to sit down and write it out, think about it, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it. So it's kind of a rarity if I'm just kind of at a loss for words. Well, uh, several years ago, I was at church camp and doing normal church camp stuff. You know, it's it's hot, it's sweaty, there's worship times, there's Bible study stuff, you know, everybody's complaining about the food, you know, normal church camp stuff. And then about, oh, close to the end of that week of camp, all of a sudden, a fight broke out. I mean, I'm talking like fists were flying, hair was getting pulled, people down in the dirt rolling around in the dirt, and it was these two sisters who were just fighting and fighting with each other. Well, all the adults ran over there, and they got the two girls separated and started talking to them, and you know, we were, we were like, you know, like, what's going on, and what happened, and what brought this fight about? And what it all boiled down to was is the two sisters was, were fighting because one of the sisters wanted to go and tell the adult leader that they came with the truth. And the truth was... The, the, the bad truth was is that there was a family member that had been using them for quite a while to make some pornographic videos. And the other sister didn't want that truth to get out. She was afraid and she was scared. And they were fighting, fighting over, well, we just don't want to tell anybody anything about what's going on. And, and, and I'd like to think that I've got something to say in those kind of situations. I'd like to think that I've kind of got something to kind of utter and, and talk about and say. I mean, we'd been talking all week anyway at that week at camp about forgiveness. And maybe that's what triggered these these girls to to want to talk about what's been going on in their lives. And they were just so full of pain and they were so full of guilt and they were so full of shame about all these things that had been happening to them. And we, and we want to be people that that follow the teachings of Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, forgive people, and we, we want to be those kind of people. And so what do you say? What do, what do you say to those two, to those two girls? What, 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 what do we want to say to them? I know what I said. I gave them the typical sort of Sunday school answers to stuff, the stuff that you would maybe pick up on if you maybe went to Bible college, if you grew up in church, right? We talked about grace, we talked about forgiveness, and, and, and what is that? Well, the textbook answer is, well, we know, you know. It's, it's unmerited favor. It's, it's, a, it's an unmerited or unfavored good. It's, it's, it's just something that you get, and you don't deserve it. That, that's what it is. And that's such a textbook kind of an answer. And quite honestly, when those things were kind of coming out of my mouth when I was talking to those girls, it, it wasn't satisfactory. It wasn't satisfactory for me to even say it, and you could tell it really didn't have anything or would have any effect on their life either. It wasn't anything that was really that good.
in the ancient world, that word for grace means more than I think what we give it credit for. When, when we Christians say that, that grace is just unmerited favor, I think we're kind of missing a little bit there with some of that. Because that word grace was around long before Christians picked it up. I mean, in, in there in the first century, that word grace uh, carried a lot more with it than just unmerited favor or an unfavored or just an unearned good. It, it, it carried a lot more weight. Usually that word grace in the ancient world, uh, that word grace was usually attached to the aesthetics. So it was attached to things like art or writing or, or poetry or, or music. And it was called a grace. It was, it, was a, it was a grace kind of a thing. And that's in the ancient world, that's what it was like because those things brought out a kind of beauty. So fundamentally, that word grace was attached to what it meant to bring out the best that was in you as well as you to produce the best that you have. In other words, grace is beauty. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think that that gets lost on so many of us here today. We just pick up on this textbook definition of what grace is, and I think we miss out on the beauty. I think there's an aspect of this that we're missing. Think about it like this. Is there a person that you've hurt, you know, uh, maybe a spouse, co-worker, your, maybe your children, friend of yours, somebody that you've hurt, somebody that you care about, you've done something and you've hurt them. And you go to them and you say, you know, I, I didn't mean to do what I did and I'm sorry, would you, would you please forgive me for that? And their answer back to you is something like, I forgive you, even though you don't deserve it. Does that really sort of touch your life? Does it really touch their life? Does it really kind of get at what's going on here? For a whole lot of us, grace is something that like God does over there somewhere. And he does his little thing over there somewhere. And he, he does it kind of like when you show up. And then he shows up and now all, the thing, now all of a sudden like everything is different. And that's kind of what grace is. And the problem with that kind of a grace is that it's very like transactional it's kind of a very and it's, it's the kind of grace that you only sort of like connect to when you need it it's, it's the only kind of grace the kind of grace like you carry around your back pocket and when you need it you kind of just kind of pull it out every now and then and that, that's the kind of grace that we often talk about but it's not the kind of grace that actually touches your life and it's not the kind of grace that really touches my life. You ever met somebody that just doesn't like want to forgive? You ever met somebody like that? They're usually not beautiful people. And what I mean by beauty there is not like the airbrushed and, and photoshopped kind of pictures we see out there in the world. I mean beautiful in the sense of like how they treat people. Beautiful people have this way of like carrying themselves through life with a kind of dignity, a kind of openness towards other people. They're just beautiful in how they treat the people that are around them. And, and people who just don't forgive, people who aren't very graceful, they're kind of like this big pool of negativity, and nobody really wants to be around them. Nobody really wants to hang out with them. 
but beautiful, graceful people. We love being around those kinds of people. And I think that's why in the Bible, especially some of the most beat down people are so attracted to Jesus because he's beautiful. He's beautiful in how he treats people. He's beautiful in, in, in the blessings that he pronounces on people. He's beautiful in how he cares for other people. He, he's beautiful in how he stops and he heals somebody. He's beautiful in how he, he takes the time to feed other people. He's beautiful in that way. In Luke chapter 7, there's this story. And in Luke 7, uh, Jesus has been going around and stories of him are kind of getting out and about. And there's a guy by the name of Simon the Pharisee. And he's heard some stories about Jesus, and he wants to know a little bit more about him. So he invites Jesus over to his house for dinner. And so there's Jesus at Simon's house, and he's having dinner. And into this dinner walks this woman, and we're told, uh, Luke tells us that she's a sinful woman, or another way to say that, or translate that might be a, a woman of ill repute. And so there she is, and she walks in on this scene, and she has an alabaster jar of perfume and she walks over to where Jesus is and she gets down on her knees and she begins to uh, coat this perfume on his feet and Simon just loses it and he questions her and he questions Jesus because he's like Jesus if you were a prophet if you were a real man of God then you would know who that woman is and you wouldn't let her touch you you wouldn't be doing this right now and he's and into this scene that is so beautiful he doesn't see any of that. And so Jesus tells Simon a story. He's like, okay, Simon, let me tell you a story. There are these two guys. And these two guys owe some money. One owes a little bit of money, and one owes a whole lot of money. And he says, the lender decides to cancel both the debts. And he says, okay, Simon, so now you tell me. Between those two guys... Who is the one that's the most grateful? Well, you know the answer to that. Simon knows the answer to that. Who's the one that's more grateful? The one that was forgiven the great debt. And then Jesus says, you're right, and let me tell you a little bit more about that. Let, let's add something to that, Simon. And so in Luke chapter 7, verse 44, Jesus continues on and he says this. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I have entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But Whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. I think people are drawn to the beauty of Jesus because Jesus sees the beauty in them. And that's something that Simon, he just can't see. All he sees is the sinner woman who you shouldn't even be here. You don't deserve to be here. You shouldn't be doing these things. You just need to go away. And he's calling the whole thing into question. Jesus sees something beautiful. 
beautiful is happening here. He sees the beauty that's in her, and I think those kind of beautiful things are happening to us all the time if we'll see it. It's a beautiful thing when a granddaughter jumps into the arms of grandfather. It's a, it's a beautiful thing when a father and son who have been angry and isolated from one another begin to reinvest in that relationship. It, it's a beautiful thing when a spouse's who have been at odds with each other, finally sort of turn towards each other and begin to reconcile. It's a beautiful thing where at your house, where you've had those kids running around for all this time, and your house is a mess, and the kitchen's a mess, it looks like you've been picking up after a herd of elephants this whole time, and your kids are driving you nuts, and then they do something kind and caring. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and it's happening all the time. And that's not the kind of grace that I was taught as, as going to Bible college. And that's probably not the kind of grace you got taught or I was taught growing up in church. The, the kind of grace that I was taught was the kind of grace that Simon the Pharisee is concerned with. That's what I got taught. And that kind of grace is very forensic in how it and how it works. Let me let me just kind of explain that. Like, like what are we talking about, right? So this is kind of how it went down for me as a kid, and maybe this is how it went down for you as a kid. And this isn't just for kids. This is how we adults do it too. We might think that we're all grown up, but really we're still acting like we were when we were kids. And so this is how it would kind of go down, right? My sister and I would often bicker with each other over all kinds of stuff. I'd go to her room and I'd mess with her stuff, especially her stuffed bears. If you mess with those, man, you were in all kinds of trouble. And then she'd go down to my room and she'd mess with my stuff back and forth and back and forth, bicker, bicker, bicker. And then finally my dad or my mom would just say, look, stop it. Quit it. I've had enough. You, come here. You, come here. Now, say you're sorry. Forgive them. And what did you do? Well, sorry, I forgive you. And then what are you supposed to do? Just drop it. Just drop it. Now, now in some situations, in some circumstances of life, that's kind of a way to handle things. But when we're dealing with grace, it can't, that method might reduce the conflict, but what that leads to, it leads to people who don't talk to each other for years. It leads to family members who ignore each other. It leads to fellow Christians who might walk into the room on Sunday and pretend like so-and-so isn't really there. That's what that kind of grace leads to. It's a very forensic, transactional kind of a thing. It might stop the conflict for just a moment, but it doesn't bring about reconciliation or a reconnection. So I think what we mean sometimes when we say forgive one another, I think what we really kind of mean by that is something to the effect of I'm just not going to escalate the conflict. So I'll just stop talking to you. Uh, you know, a, another sort of version of that is a very therapeutic way of kind of handling things. And it would look something like this. My, if my sister and I were bickering with each other again, and my mom, let's say, sits it's down and says, look, there's rules here, and you've broken those rules, and you've broken those boundaries, 
And not only have you broken those rules and boundaries, but I don't think that you see the gift that your sister is to you, and I don't think that you see the gift that your brother is to you. And the problem with both the forensic and the therapeutic way of of handling those kinds of things is you don't have to be a Christian to do it. In fact, there's a lot of non-Christians out there that probably do a whole lot better job at this than we Christians do. The kind of grace that Jesus is offering is a redeeming kind of grace. A grace that heals and brings the broken pieces back together again. It's a kind of grace that like all that stuff that went south way back there in the book of Genesis now gets redeemed and healed and put back together. It's bringing some light into the darkness. That's what Simon can't see. All he knows is who does and who does not deserve grace. That's what he sees. That's all he sees. He's not interested in a relationship. He's not interested in reconnecting. He's not interested in redemption. But Jesus steps over all of that. He steps over all of that. And he says... I see the beauty in you. I see the beauty in you. And he offers this woman an experience of grace. And you know what? You know what? We don't deserve it. And that's the beauty of it. God bless you. This is Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Peace be with you.